Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Davina Stanley online. Davina, how are you? Very well, Michael. How are you? I am awesome. Really looking forward to this conversation. So for those that don't know you, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and then we're going to jump into this conversation. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, so I've um, been based in Australia for the last 20 years, but before that was working globally and have just recently moved to Seattle. And through all of those places, I help executives get to the point and particularly when they're communicating with senior leaders and boards. And I packaged together a really eclectic background. I began as a kindergarten teacher. I grew up on a farm in Australia, which I think taught me all sorts of useful things about business too. Um, and then studied communication, joined McKinsey in Hong Kong, worked for them for a very long time, coaching and training their people, and now specialize really in using McKinsey-type techniques in corporate settings. So and look, I just love what I do. I love helping people grow. I enjoy meeting new people all the time. And no, I'm, I think I'm very, very fortunate to have the opportunities to do what I do. It's amazing. And I know, you know McKinsey is, you know, one of the, you know, the top, you know, firms out there to really bring out the best in organizations. And the fact that you've been able to you know, adapt their playbooks and, you know, and, and tweak it for, you know, the teams that you're helping now. And even with the comment you made a moment ago about the lessons learned on the farm, I, it's, it's, there's so much there. I mean, I could easily, easily talk about having to deal with all the crap, but that, that's, that, <laughs> that would we 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 know we we know that so we don't need to really mention it but the systems in place you know the the processes making sure that this is set up all the you know mechanisms are in place to properly run an organization and a farm is an organization you've got a team of animals and wildlife and all kinds of other things you know you're dealing with you know the culture the soil you know, there's so many different business and you see, you've probably used over your career just in those lessons. And, and then, of course, kindergarten teacher, uh, you, you definitely need a system for that because otherwise you've got a bunch of five-year-olds running around going absolutely bonkers and chaos. So uh, maybe we need to implement like nap time in businesses <laughs> for those misbehaving executives and board members. Okay, it's time for a nap now. Yeah, uh, there's there's a few board members I've dealt with over my life that, yeah, uh, a nap would be good for some of them, and I'm going to leave it at there. Uh, but so uh, it's, you know, amazing work and obviously, you know, making the transition from Australia to Seattle is, you know, you know a, a little bit of a shift, mm -hmm. and, you know, from not only from a time zone standpoint, but also just, you know, different country, different situation. But as you know, you know, you've worked globally for a long time, so it the physical footprint of where you are uh, in a way doesn't matter but it does so just love to hear your insights on 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 your recent relocation to seattle and you know what you know what you've discovered from that if anything any changes or just you know things that you were uh surprised about as far as uh, that transition 
I think I've been surprised that so far, and I'll touch some wood, it's been really very easy, very smooth. We've only been there for a bit under half a year, so it is still very new. We're in the honeymoon period, if you like, but we have found people to be very, very welcoming. There's a rumour that there's a thing called the Seattle freeze and that Seattle people are not that friendly or inclusive, and we found that to be quite the opposite, actually. We're really loving meeting new people and trying new things and... um, you know, we're relatively new empty nesters. So in terms of, you know, it's a new stage of life for us as well. And um, I think from a business standpoint, it's been terrific. I started moving my business online in 2017, well before COVID, because it enabled me to deliver bite-sized live learning um, instead of doing, you know, half-day or whole-day workshops and flying everybody in, that sort of thing. So given I was already in that place, um, that part of life has been able to maintain. I've been able to maintain that sense of, you know, consistency with clients, you know, working with similar people or the same people sometimes out of Australia or somewhere else. So that sense of continuity, I think, has helped as well. But there's just, it's just such an easy place to live, you know. There's, um, once we're accustomed to driving on the other side of the road, um, and, you know, make sure we swapped our tyres to be snow tyres at the right time, those sorts of things. Um, no, it's been a delight. We're really enjoying it. Mm. Yeah, it's a beautiful part of the country, and I know a lot of people um, from that area. And, yeah, I've never encountered um, anything but, you know, grace and welcoming the people that I've dealt with from uh, the great state of Washington and Seattle and even across the border in Vancouver Canada, it, it's you know, it's a, it's a wonderful place and wonderful people, and a great incubator uh, for for business. Obviously, we know you know a pretty you know a couple big key players that are based out of that area, and, and then there's yeah. more. It's you know where a lot of you know the talent is there and all of that, so it's a wonderful place to be. So uh, let's dive in, and I know we talked a little bit about this in in the pre-show. Is you've been working on a book for a while, and mm-hmm. I really want to hear about that and. And, and flush out some of the things, especially when you're dealing with senior leadership and then with the boards, uh, because uh, I'm, you know, I want to say there's never been a more important time for senior leadership and boards of directors to really dig into, you know, what we're facing in the world and what we will be facing over the next few years. But you know, it gets, it's always that way. But I, I, it just seems like right now is really important. So I want to hear a bit about the book, and then we'll we'll discuss uh, some of the things that we discuss about it. So floor is yours. Fabulous. Thank you. Um, so in working with initially individuals to help them improve the clarity of thinking in their communication and using a technique called the Minto Pyramid Principle, which is the core structured thinking technique that came out of McKinsey, I was working with individuals and I could see that in a corporate setting, particularly Writing or preparing PowerPoints for important senior audiences is rarely done solo. So the collaborative part of the work is really important. And yet it happens very often in quite a dysfunctional way that really hurts people. It it means that they end up working on things at nights and weekends just because they can't find good blocks of time to do justice to their own ideas or to their team's ideas if they're leaders. And so it occurred to me that there were way there are ways of working together of collaborating that could really help both lift the quality of thinking in these documents 
but also improve the quality of the process around them. So I started about a year ago writing a new book called Elevate, which is the one that I hope to finalize this week. I'm very close to doing that. And that's for leaders to help them um, set their teams up to write papers and presentations without rewriting them themselves. So that's the leader's piece. But then there's a companion book, which I'll move on to next, and it's nearly done. I've been writing them in parallel. And it's called Engage. And that's for the individual contributor to think about, well, how do I actually work within this ecosystem? How do I structure my thinking so that I can deliver something that is useful? But within that, how can I play my own role in the process? So if you think of, you know, what does that process look like rather than somebody sending a draft to their leader of a whole paper or a whole PowerPoint for review and have the leader look at it and then say, oh my goodness, see, I can see there's lots of great stuff here, but I need a good block of time and they wait and they wait and they wait till it gets really close to when it's really urgent and then that's when nights and weekends come in. You know, rather than doing that, what if we could change the dynamic and front load the thinking part of it so that the leader and the team member or potentially team members together sit down sometimes briefly and work out what's this for, what's it all about, what do we want to achieve, what's the engagement strategy, if you like, around this communication. Let's get ready. And then the team can go away and use some techniques to map their messaging on a page, a single page in a very structured way. And they can iterate around that and they can iterate around it really quickly and um, one of my favorite board, um, CEOs, rather, said to he, I taught him how to do this. And he said, oh, do you mean that maybe a week before the papers are due, I can just require the team to give me one of these and I can have a big pack of them and maybe 15 minutes each, I can just go through and make my comments and notes and flick them back. If they're all good, great. If I need to change some things, I can do it. But I can do them in a block, maybe a couple of hours at a time and get through quite a number, maybe maybe all of them in a couple of hours, rather than several hours for each one where I've got to sit down and read and wait through the whole thing. I said, absolutely. And so that's what he's been doing. So they iterate around that one pager. Then once that's clear, the team goes away, puts it into a document in whatever format's required, and the, the senior person can have another quick review to make sure they haven't gone off the reservation too far. And then off it goes and you can deliver it if you need to present it. You're very clear on the high-level messaging. You're all very, very clear on that. That's part of what you're iterating on in that early stage. And so you've got two tracks happening in parallel. We've got multiple sets of minds working in parallel, but they get going earlier and they do the bulk of the thinking around this one pager rather than around, you know, through track changes with all these awful or, you know, too many acronyms here, or, oh, you know, so-and-so doesn't like that word, or all this kind of very micro stuff that tends to happen there. We really push people to think at the high level and work that all through before, you know, they make all these beautiful PowerPoint pages that then they need to junk. Or they can't junk because they're too attached to them, you know, and they're not actually very helpful. So, it's about changing that dynamic all together. And I think everyone's got a role to play, which is why I'm writing two books rather than one, which, you know, is just the way it's evolved. Well, that's amazing. And I think too, you know, you're thinking about, you know, the collaboration thing. And I was thinking, okay, we've collaborated on spreadsheets and documents and, you know, 
white papers and all these other things. But the slide decks, you said before, which is so true, is like it usually ends up falling in the lap of one person and they got to cobble it together. And if the ingredients aren't clear, then they're putting together a presentation and they, you know, they send it out to look at the presentation and they go, is this even the right project? What is this? And and it just is the nights and the weekends, like you said, which, you know, for me, you're dealing with organizations and individuals that burn out. That's a big reason why they're burning out is because they're putting, you know, PowerPoint together on a Saturday night instead of spending time with their friends and family and doing things other than work. And, and there's, it's happening too often because, or they're doing it the morning of on an airplane on the way there. And of course there's changes and they don't have Wi-Fi on this flight. So they land and they get all the urgent Slack messages on their phone. Got to change page 12, got to change page 16, got to change. And you're like, what? It's so it, it's, and it happens every day. And it's like, no, it's about time you're putting together the slide presentation. It should be, okay, here's what we do on this. You, you literally, you, you put the, the speaking points in the presentation and hopefully the person, because they've been all involved on this, they can speak to it. So they're not doing what I like to call PowerPoint karaoke. And <laughs> I, I, yeah, it literally, I mean, there have been, there have been presentations where, and I have um, one of those light pointers that you can play with cats on and stuff and or laser pointer for presentations and things like that. And there's been times I've sat through them and I've been really tempted. It's like, you know, I should keep those in my pocket. And that way, when they're doing the presentation, I can just kind of do the little bounce on the words like they do on karaoke. Because I'm like, no. And what's so funny, too, is I do keynote speaking and all that kind of stuff. And I'll send my slide decks over to the presenter or the um the host organization and you know they see okay i'm you know speaking for 45 minutes or 90 minutes and they look at the slides and they go how is he going to stretch this out because he's only got like 25 words in this entire slide presentation and there's 26 pages how is he going to speak for 90 minutes i have no problem speaking for 90 minutes that anybody that knows me knows that so I, but I just do it because I I don't do the karaoke thing um, in real life uh, out at nightclubs or bars or anything like that, which I don't go to anymore because uh, that that's for the young people. I'm done done with that. No thanks. Uh, but for presentations, like I don't want to do that. I want to have a conversation with people and look at them eye to eye and and feed off the audience and share insights and adjust on the fly based on how I'm reading the room. Going okay, this is a room seems to be resonating with what I just said on this. Okay, let me switch this up a little bit and talk a little bit more about that in you know, a couple slides later, which I can do because it's my talk. I can do whatever I want. But it's easier if you have that instead of putting together a presentation and you're handing it to somebody that's going to be presenting it. And much like the audience, they're seeing the slide presentation for the first time. If you're presenting and you're looking at the slide deck for the first time, that doesn't bode well. And the audience can pick up on it if you're nervous. And you don't want to be that, especially if you're giving a presentation for a big ask or 
whatever the case may be. You got to be more prepared for that. And you know, the method that you have uh, is so much better than what so many people have been struggling with ever since the advent of a slide presentation. It's very easy to get lost, isn't it? And I think what happens too is that people don't really nail the problem they're solving with the particular piece of communication. And, you know, I've been teaching this method for a long time, coming up 30 years now. And, you know, particular moments stick in my mind. And I can remember one example of a group of mining engineers that I worked with a few years ago. And we were in a physical room together and they were working through this story. I always get them to build things during sessions. It's not theory, it's practice. And this group went, oh, oh, oh no, oh no. And I went over and said, what's going on? What's the matter? And they said, we just realized why the board has rejected us three times now. We were answering the wrong question. So it didn't matter how elegant our presentation was, how useful the information in a general sense, how correct, how well organized. Didn't matter. Wrong thing. Altogether wrong thing. Now we know what we've got to say and, you know, what question they want to ask us, what we've got to answer and we'll go up and do it. And I hear that story time and time again. You know, if I have a two-hour coaching session with some people to build something live, which I do a lot, um, it is not uncommon to have 90 minutes up front to be, okay, what's this all about? Let's brainstorm that out. Let's talk it through. Let's think about what you actually want to achieve with this. What's the outcome and who are the key people that you're going to get that outcome from? And let's really map that and then, oh, but we've thought about a different thing here and we ask some more questions and we dig more deeply and we keep peeling the onion until we go, oh, that's the issue. That's what we've got to aim for. So we don't need a board paper. We need a one-on-one with the CEO. Oh, so we do need a board paper, whatever, all sorts of things change in that setting. And then what we have is a series of patterns for telling those stories because once it clicks and we know what outcome we want, we can very quickly work out which of my 10 top patterns is going to be most helpful and we can fill it in. because we've talked about all the material, it's all familiar to us, we can just literally fill it in. And that becomes very, very powerful. So in the books, I do introduce my uh, 10 favorite structured patterns as well, which has been a lot of fun to nail, really quite interesting, and to synthesize them properly. So they're really helpful to people. This is part of the adventure when you live inside my head. It's it's being both helpful and technical at the same, same time. Well, it's a beautiful marriage of both because what it does is it, it, it asks those deeper questions. And, you know, like the example you just gave about that group that realized we've been answering the wrong question or giving the wrong answer to their question. And no wonder we're not getting the approval for this. It's because, you know, it's like, okay, what, you know, what's the, you know, what's one of the main ingredients in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? And they say, um, ketchup. I'm sure there are some people that use the There's some people that might put that on there. I can't imagine why you would, but not to judge, but that doesn't quite fit with the traditional definition of that particular sandwich. So it's getting crystal clear and asking those deeper probing questions and keep circling back. You know, what's the outcome you want? Who are the stakeholders? Like you said, you, 
you gave that example. It's like the stakeholders are this, but then as they start flushing out, it's like, wait a minute, we need to involve Jim in in finance on this because his division oversees that particular element of the project. And if they implement that, it's going to make it easier for us to roll out the next three steps of this. And all of a sudden, they're they're basically investing in the success of this project by doing all of this work in the presentation. Because too often we go, let's do the presentation, get the approval, then we'll do the work. Your methods are, let's get the framework of the work and what we're going to be doing and the outcomes we need from it. Get the project plan kind of ready to go. Build the presentation off of that because we have a better idea of what we need and the true time it'll likely take. Then we present because then the receiver is going to look at this and say, well, this has been well thought out. You've done a ton of research on this already for a project that we haven't even approved yet. Seems like you're well on your way to this. This seems like a great idea. It's going to make improvements in these areas. Okay, we're, we're going to go for it. And you're already ahead of the game on the preparation of things. You're further along than you would be by just saying, okay, let's put together a one-pager and some slides, and then we can start building. I, I love your approach so much better because even if they still say no, that exercise in the, the work, that it makes all the difference in the world. And look, it really does. And when I think, you know, looping back to your sort of thinking around burnout and being burnout proof, it, it really matters because it reduces the amount of rework. And I've, you know, so many stories, but the one, one that really stands out for me is certainly that mining engineers one, but on a more human level, um, quite a senior person who ran a data analytics area within a health service said to me that he was spending two whole days each weekend. He actually said 24 hours each weekend rewriting his team's communication of all kinds. And you know what analytical people can be like. They often struggle to get to the message. They've got great data, but they struggle with that. So he was doing that for his entire team. And what I learned afterwards was he said to me, I no longer do that. I no longer spend my weekends doing that, which is a gift. But at the time he had a six-month-old and a two-year-old. And you think, my word, how on earth can you raise your children and carry that load and nurture your relationship with your wife or your partner? How, how can you do that? And so, you know, unsurprisingly, you know, my team and I have worked with him now for several years working with his team to help them communicate better. But it, it becomes very often leaders who say, oh, look, I just need help with this. I've got to stop. That's the impetus for getting their team to improve. I really need my team to stop um, or to start rather sending me things that I can approve. So, yeah, no, it's a very personal and very business oriented thing to do, both things. Yeah. To yeah, it's it's investing in your team so they'll be the absolute best, which means it makes your organization the best, which makes your job easier as a leader or board because then you can be more on the strategy side of things, the visionary side of things, looking for opportunities and growth instead of basically correcting slide presentations and one-pagers. It's just, right. it makes so much sense. It's like strengthen your team. And if you do that, one, you're going to have better retention because you're giving them the autonomy and control of and responsibility of you know, being really good at what they do, which benefits them 
uh, throughout their career, whether they stay or whether they, you know, move on to other things. You're you're making workers and employees, you know, better teammates and better for society. We all win when we do this. So, Davina, I love this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and all this amazing work you're doing? Oh, thank you. Um, if they come to clarityfirstprogram.com, you'll find all of the things that I've got. The most uh, recent thing, though, is is the books. And so clarityfirstprogram.com slash books, and you'll find um, all about Elevate and Engage right there, as well as my online learning and, and other, other options. So look, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you too, Michael. I've loved the conversation, and um, I wish you well on your endeavours too to help people reduce their burnout. It's it's a very important thing to, thing that you do. Well, thank you. And I'll definitely have all that information in the show notes. So thank you again for being on the show. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.